The following podcast may contain inappropriate language, sexual content, and spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. show podcast extravaganza i'm jp and i don't have a job how are you doing everybody i'm joined by kyle and noel kyle how's it going also unemployed damn hopefully it's not three for three (laughs) noel you have to support all of us the rent is falling on you oh no uh yeah nah i i am still employed but i guess to make ends meet i will have to unfortunately begin my career as a VTuber. Uh, well, there's yeah, definitely you, holes to be filled in that you, community. You can call me, Do- I don't know, Dogmog, whatever. I'll be, like a, <laughs> I'll be like a frog person. I don't know. I'll be like a frog girl, and I'll, I'll go like Cune or whatever. I, if, you, if you donate like 50 bucks, I'll, I'll call you my husband or something stupid shit like that that is a community that i have cared so little about and i feel (laughs) so vindicated lately for that reason well yeah because you're like a grown-up like you're you're over 22 so why would you give a shit about vtubers well i shouldn't say that because i have friends who who are like into vtubers i think it would help one if i liked let's plays Right. Which yeah. I don't like I don't mind doing them, but I only watch gameplay if I'm stuck in a game. I don't right. like just watch them for fun. And so to add like kayfabe on top of that, it's just not my scene. <laughs> I like that you called it kayfabe. <laughs> well, because it's just like people pretending to be characters, right? Yeah, it's not no. just like, hey, I'm me, but this is my anime avatar. Yeah. yeah this assume. is my this is my lore. There's not really a shark girl playing video games, right? <laughs> oh man, what if there was? And what that, if there's a real racist? market for that? Is all we know, right? People want it. Well, uh, I can tell you what people don't want, and that's more episodes of the Gonzo.moe No Name Anime Show, uh, which can be found at Gonzo.moe or on your favorite podcast directory. Just search for Gonzo.moe. We're on all of them: Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. Technically, I'm still paying for the voicemail. I don't know how to check it though. Uh, but if you want to get your voicemail ignored, call 716-46-MOE-43. <laughs> That's 716-466-6343. Is Anime Club dead? Probably. So oh, is everybody's no. soul on Twitter. Because of Rock, Paper, Scissors, the new hot AI anime. What? The hot, the new hot AI huge air quotes anime. <laughs> Have we come up with a brand new method, says people who just did another thing of rotoscoping? Okay. So, I have controversial opinions about AI. I do not give a fuck about this thing. Mm. I thought it was funny, and I enjoyed watching it, but it was ugly as sin. I'm also not worried. Everybody else is terrified. Uh 
What did, did uh, Noel? You said you watched it. Kyle, did you watch it? I've seen enough. I, I don't want to give them any of my like. I don't want to give them a watch. I didn't even want to give them a downvote because that just means more engagement. Um, but I saw <laughs> clips. I think from various Twitter accounts that probably amounted to a full watch. I mean, it's not pretty. I I won't. No. I'm not even going to pretend that it looks good. But I thought the premise was really funny, and that carried me through it. Would I watch an entire show that looks like this? Absolutely not. But it was only seven minutes long. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of their stuff, right? Quarter Digital. They put out a lot of stuff, and they, you know, they do VFX work, which is kind of like, you know, like for YouTube. You're like, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, my whole thing, I, I agree with you, JP. I think it looks like remarkably ugly. I, I think like every AI art thing just ends up looking kind of gross. Uh, my, my big gripe with it is I, I don't like the whole distinction that it is anime because like it doesn't really have any sort, it doesn't have any sort of aesthetic that like feels like anime in any real idea. And, and the, the common like uh comeback that a lot of people are going for is like, well, you know, this is a, this is an AI trained on vampire hunter D and other Yoshiaki Kawajiri stuff. And it's like, if, if that's the case, like it doesn't even look like Kawajiri shit. <laughs> it just, yeah, it, it, yeah, it just looks like garbage. And it, it tries to, it tries to evoke a lot of like, if you remember in in like two thousand in like the early two thousands when people would like make anime parodies, it it has a lot of that same energy. And I was never a fan of that back then. I I thought it was just a lot of like this person like vaguely heard about anime and just decided to make a joke about it. That's fair. I yeah was fortunate to not uh see most of those apparently because while you're not wrong this well, was I mean, just an exaggerated I like, I'm mainly talking about like uh like new ground stuff that Oh yeah, I didn't watch very much new ground or like uh or like your friggin your like ultra hair forever on adult swim or Kappa Mikey or shit like that. Yeah, I ignored most of those. Oh, okay. <laughs> I saw salad fingers on Newgrounds, and that was enough for me. I saw the peak of Newgrounds <laughs> and Burnt Face Man. You saw the you saw the mountain top. Uh, Newgrounds, where the Chuck Norris video came from. Oh God, I had not seen the Chuck Possibly? Norris video. You know the song like Ultimate Destiny, like yeah, the yeah. Ultimate Showdown. Yes, that's oh, yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. where that came from. Yeah, I. I don't know. Like, yeah, I I think I talked about this on the news show. Like, yeah, it's definitely possible that people will try to make more stuff and try to replace jobs. But generally, those are the jobs you didn't want to begin with. Like, I don't know. When I get calls for like the, hey, we uh we have this really cool idea and we only have $100 to give you. Like, those are the people that are going to try to replace workers with AI. Mm-hmm. They weren't going to pay you that $100 anyway. Uh, now, yeah, it's certainly possible that... You don't think it's going to be possible for, like, major studios to also do this? Aside I from mean, just, like, the $100 guys? It seems like it's more work. You hmm. know, if if this was... If this was feasible, then we would have, like, because they made a scanner darkly in, like, 2007. All this was was a shitty version of that. 
<laughs> you know, like if yeah. that was actually feasible, we would have gotten tons of movies like that. Mm. Uh, I I don't know. Like there's there's a certain charm to to people actually making a thing. Like you can get an approximation. I don't know. I uh, the, the reason I have very mixed feelings is because I I think some of these tools can be useful, like how I've been doing the show notes. Because the only other option there is for me to sit and listen to you know an hour of us babble. Right. And so for me to just put the podcast into a thing that tells me time code, like that's really helpful. Right. Um, My whole thing is just like, I'm, I'm cool with it being used in areas that are light like that, like using it to generate time codes as opposed to like, I don't know, generating a podcast on its own. Like, Oh yeah. That would like be that, a lot. Yeah, like that's what I feel is is like rubbing people the wrong way. It's like AI is fine, just like you know, it should do AI jobs, you know? Yeah. Well, we also have it's not out of beta yet, but Adobe has a really cool like audio cleanup AI that they're working on. I know people in my business think that that's going to replace actors. And like I I maybe it just it seems like it's going to be very difficult to get it to a point where I can just type a thing and get an entire show. Like you're going to have to give it a, oh, of course, a pretty large amount of direction. Yeah. And what I what I talked about on the newsroom is if 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 we get people paid, then I don't see the problem anymore because right. it's like how you sample a song to make a hip hop beat. As mm. long as I don't know. Barry White gets, uh, you know, eight dollars every time they play my song. Then there's no issue, right? But, but yeah, like, the I reason they're mean, doing that's... this is so they don't have to pay people, right? I mean, well, yeah, they, that's, like, they need to regulate the it. Actual example used, right? The corridor digital video. I mean, I think that there's a way you could read it as them like showing off their skills and be like, "Look, we have this new tech and we've developed a way to use it." And I could see that then being a way for you know people to approach them and then to maybe get work out of that. Well, the laws just need to catch up to the technology and it's it's going right. to take some and our time. government's so good at that. It'll happen eventually because we live in a <laughs> capitalist society and people love making money. Just the the they wrong person needs to get ripped off. Through law. Yeah, very much. So. Yeah, yeah, but what's going right to happen is, that. you know, the fucking lobbyists, like the tech lobbyists, they're going to do it and then it's going to be, you know, the awful it, I, I don't trust our government right now to actually like fix the problem in any timely way. It, it'll be like a cleanup on aisle eight, like a couple years later. Yeah. I mean, our government's an absolute useless pile of garbage, but <laughs> I'm mostly, mostly using the music industry as reference where it, that's like a very heavily sampled uh, industry. You know, whether it be a chord progression, uh, a vocal melody, or using the record, you know, wholesale and just putting a different beat over it, uh, you know, or how people use a song in their commercial and you'll get publishing rights. Like if, right. if, if it gets to that point, then I think it solves the problem because, yeah, we have computers doing, you know, the, the work here, but I, 
I just don't see this any different than me watching Vampire Hunter D and copying the character designs myself. It's just, I'm not a robot. Yeah, because you have a soul. That's that's the difference. You don't know that. <laughs> but I mean, musicians have been doing this for decades, like copying and stealing each other's work and passing it off as their own. Like there's the phrase, like a good artist copy, or no, what is it? A, a bad artist copy is a good artist steals or whatever, like. Using and and making delivery, yeah. but even just like the label they're using, they're calling this anime. But you well, just those said, guys like, are this assholes. doesn't look anything like like it's not anime, and they're not Japanese, and they're just saying, oh, we trained it on Kawajiri's. Like that's pedigree. I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm, like, I'm not making the argument. That oh, that the computer is one twenty fourth Asian. You know, it counts. It's cool, guys. Like look, Jesus, those guys are assholes, and I'm not saying that what they made is anime. I just I I I just don't think the sky is falling. Yeah, I'm yeah, not going to defend taking people people's are, jobs. They're away. trying to they're trying to shout fire while there's only smoke. I think that's what is happening, right? People are afraid. They they understand like uh, it's a slippery slope argument, sure, but uh, we've been on these slippery slopes before, and mm-hmm. unfortunately, yeah. we've not seen it soon enough. Yeah. I just I think that there's a lot of cool potential that people are totally shutting out because of a few assholes. Mm, like, yeah, that's definitely true. You know, like, I'm just saying that sounds like every tech bro right now on Twitter. But don't you see the potential? And they yeah, suggest a terrible um, idea, and everyone goes, "That's awful. I don't want that." Well, no. yeah, because their ideas are terrible. Because the tech bros, they're yeah. I'm, they're I'm not saying there are that. no good, but like, like you know, the people who are proposing this and are wanting to do it are like not the people you want it, right? It's like right. Uh, what it's your like Zuckerberg today was like, oh, I'm going all in on a guy guys. And it's just like, ah, oh, man. And then, you know, it's like all these people, you're like, oh, fuck, this is like, this is going to be the bad uh, reality. Isn't it great? I guess I just have so like other labor things to be upset about. Like <laughs> how self checkout is us just being the cashier for the company <laughs> or how tipping is subsidizing, you know, Domino's labor wages. I feel like, <laughs> you know, like I'm more mad about that than I am about some jerk off making a, I don't know, a mashup anime character of Kawajiri and, and like his friend. I mean, the person, Dave, like we I should be know. mad though on behalf of Kawajiri and, and his crew who, you know, worked so hard and now, I, now they're just fodder for them to, oh, we made it in, you know, his style, right? Like. It would be one thing if they actually put in the effort, right? Like then they are learning it. Like the it's like a it's like reverse engineering. If you if you as a human like are able to look at a piece of art or work and you're able to actually like use that as inspiration, but like this isn't that, right? This is a computer just spitting it out like mechanically far quicker than a human could do it in terms of like actual output. Like I'm not talking about the development of the resources, just. Does Kawajiri care though? Like that dude had a fantastic career. He probably doesn't give a fuck if somebody copies him. Dude, I'm sure. like made it. I don't know. <laughs> it's we'll see what happens. Right. Uh, we're in new ethical territory. We are. We're in new. Yes. I think it's fine for people to be cautious and for them to decry the stuff they don't like. Uh, I think off. that we need to be focusing that energy on trying to get like royalty systems figured out instead of mm. just complaining on Twitter. There we go. That's a, that is like a, a step in the right direction. Definitely. Like if you, 
if you use somebody's artwork in this like aggregate system to like spit out some AI bullshit, but you pay them for it, that should be like suitable. I mean, YouTube knows if I use half a second of a anime clip, I'm sure that the algorithms could figure out who's taking whose artwork. Right. Um, but also I, I just like, what I notice with these arguments is that people only care about copyright when it's theirs. I mean, how many TikToks and YouTube videos do we watch mm. every day or how many like hot cosplayers are we looking at on Instagram that are using other people's IP without permission? But because it's a drawing I made now, it's bad. That's that's what bothers me. Mm. I think about a lot of this conversation is so much of the content that we consume is like in a weird gray area but people pick and choose their fights i mean i for fuck's sake like i don't own the music i use on this podcast i just copy pasted it on there okay oh yeah speaking of hot cosplayers did you ever like find a correspondent <laughs> oh for yeah waifu con you I have did somebody at waifu con right now there we go see fingers on the pulse of anime i doing the lord's work I'm not going to, you know, say who they are yet, but they they've agreed to come on the show. I will let them introduce themselves if and when that happens. Just in he, case somebody like listens to this podcast well, and they I go, just wait don't a wanna, second. <laughs> I don't want to put somebody on the spot cuz they said that they would do it, but if they, you know, have second thoughts, as long as they just tell me behind the scenes how it goes. Then uh, uh, cuz it was only like 50 bucks. I just paid for their ticket and said tell me how it goes. Okay. Which I think is reasonable. I mean, that's talk about labor. That's cheap labor. I just bought their ticket, you know? <laughs> uh, it's hopefully it's a good time. Uh, I've gotten a lot of weird vibes from their marketing. And- Definitely. Yeah. Like it, it seems like uh, a situation where a lot could go catastrophically wrong. Well, yeah. I mean, considering that cosplay models have problems at normal conventions, right? Uh, to have an entire event about you know cosplay and OnlyFans models mm. is definitely a security concern, right? Uh, hopefully, they have very, very good security uh, and do not hesitate to kick people out the moment anything bad happens. Uh, but also inviting Damian Mills. Uh, that is a big red flag to me after oh, what happened. Oh, snap. I didn't even hear about that part. <laughs> yeah. And, and someone uh, came after me on Twitter and was like, well, you know, the person came out and said they made it up. Like, yeah, they changed their story like three or four times. They made up that they invited Damian Mills? No, no, no. The, the original accuser. Uh, mm-hmm. I forget what their of alias was but the original accusation was like me and damien were friends or had a relationship when i was underage and you know there was accusations of inappropriate touching and the one that bothered me the most was the accusation of that he used uh, being gay as a weapon to get the parents to agree to let them hang out because if they didn't let them hang out that that meant they were homophobic right and that's yes, like incredibly that fucked up. Right. Uh, but then it changed to 
like, oh, I made that up. But like Damien also said in the middle of all that, like, well, what we did was consensual. And it's like, so was it made up or did it happen? And it was consensual. And it was also, even if that one person said that it was all a lie, there was a totally other person <laughs> that was uh, cooperating some of this stuff. And they never, I don't know, either way. Uh, yeah. Let's get back to those Japanese cartoons. People calling themselves waifus in 2023, mostly <laughs> white people calling themselves waifus, <laughs> really bothers me. It just... <laughs> I like anime and I like porn, but I, I just like it bothers me when people just use anime to sell their porn. <laughs> like, you're like, get your chocolate out of my peanut butter. I know. Well, it's just like, you know, we talk about copyright and IP. It's like, well, so you're using that I like Dragon Ball Z <laughs> to get me to buy your porn because you dress like something that kind of looks like Bulma. You know, it's this isn't your dad's Dragon Ball Z, you know, like I just uh, it's it, see that that's a that's a bubble that I've been waiting to burst for a while. Not like I'm sitting on the edge of my seat wanting these people to fail. Like I'm not evil, but right. but I see, am surprised that more companies have not come after like erotic content to be like, hey, maybe don't jack off dressed as Yoshi. <laughs> it's technically parody law See, probably. I'm, it might be but it's still like i don't know it's camp it's sent up that's the argument right like I have goodness a, do you want I, do you want even more of the internet to be sexless jp it's transformative oh. hey get sex scenes out of my tv shows <laughs> no. I have a, it's crazy i have a stand-up bit where i i talk about how an enterprising young woman fingering herself dressed like a street fighter character is way more indicative of entrepreneurial spirit than some tech bro talking about crypto. And that's not a lie. And, and I want to make it very clear. I'm pro porn. Like I don't have anything against people having an only fans and marketing their content. I just, Fine. It rubs me the wrong way to use an anime convention as like a guise for just like I don't know. Hmm. It, it it just feels like we're being used. Okay, I'm just imagining you like looking at a copy of Sailor and the Seven Balls and just like <laughs> just being furious. furious. Like uh, this is a trap. <laughs> they're trying. Know. They're trying to lure me in. With my love of anime. <laughs> Maybe it'll be a cool show. We'll find out. Mm. Um, yeah. But uh, some of the... I watched their like Q&A and I got some turfy vibes from it too. So Really? We'll I don't... Uh, like they, they explicitly said they were being inclusive, but just some of their word choice and like... I remember I watched like the first couple of minutes of the Q and a, and then I was like, yeah, nah, I'm going to sit this out. Yeah. But, but yeah. Maybe I'll take another look. I skimmed through it. There was just a lot of like, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to move on. I don't want to, <laughs> 
it, it, the problem with criticizing this event is that I could very easily be labeled like incel because it's like a ladies run event. And it's like, that's not what it's about. It just feels scammy. <laughs> it just feels scammy and appropriate. I don't know if there's a word. Uh, anyway, uh, Kyle, you watched Trigun. I did. And not even Stampede. I went back. After watching a single episode of Stampede, and I thought, let's watch original 98 Trigun, um, which I'd never seen before, which is weird to think. Uh, and also, side note, it's weird that this still only has a DVD release, of all things. Yeah, I've talked about this before. Funimation announced that they had Blu-ray rights a few years ago and then never did anything with it. Now, Wait, you mean like they never even did like one of those save blu-ray things for nope. it huh so i don't I, know if there's even a blu-ray release in japan because yeah I, I couldn't even find blu-ray rips of it anywhere it might be a materials thing <laughs> that's what i'm thinking because like. if there's not one in japan it doesn't make any sense right well it, discotech does it but it's also weird that they announced that they had the blu-ray rights if it's not <laughs> if it doesn't exist yeah but anyways, uh, you know, I kind of thought, all right, like before I judge Stampede on its own measures, you know, or, you know, I should I should see how it compares to old uh, Trigun. And I just got to warn everybody, uh, not well. <laughs> hmm. uh, it turns out that Trigun is really well made uh, and so well paced and plotted and is just a really thoughtfully considered series and Stampede. Uh, like in one episode did like, like what it's so funny. There's this grand mystery at the heart of original Trigun, right? It's, you know, you don't know who Vash is. Like they keep that a secret for like, I think three to four episodes before he gets officially revealed in episode five. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's just like, what is Vash? What's his plan? Like you kind of get a general sense of he's going towards something, but it takes a long time for you to know pivotal stuff. Like, Again, we're going to go spoilers here, everybody. So. Oh, yeah. We're going to, if, if you haven't watched this show from 1998. Now, do you feel like more of that is a is a failure on the writers of Stampede? Or is that more just like pressure to like, hey, guys, we got to get this wrapped up in like 13 weeks? I definitely think the shorter runtime is a big problem mm. uh, that a lot of series are dealing with right now. Right. I don't think that's a great length for a lot of these series that are being made. I see it as Absolutely. more of just a, like, Oh, that's the length of a core. And that's like how our, what our budgeting is made for. So like, mm. let's try to make it work, but like, it's not great for how a lot of these series are built. Well, it could um, also just be modern story writing versus story writing of 98. If you look at what happened with chainsaw man, that was directed in more of a nineties style, like slow paced, like taking more consideration into the cinematography and people did not want that. Which is a shame because I think maybe the, one of the big discoveries is, so the series starts off and it's very much a 90 series and that it's much more anthology based, right? Like Mm. before the actual mythology and you understand what is happening, which I think takes at least like halfway before you're kind of like, Oh, he's going towards this thing. Um, so like these episodes do happen one after the other. And so episode five and six, like episode five is this big giant episode where we finally get it revealed, not only to the audience for like 
but to Meryl. Meryl finds out that Vash is Vash, you know, the guy in the red coat, who she's just been like this annoying fucker who, uh, who's just always getting into trouble. Oh, he's Vash the Stampede. And it's like, and she can no longer just hand wave it away. And she's like confronted with the reality of this person being that person. And she's just like trying to reconcile that for a lot of what comes after. For the one percent chance that people listening might not know what Trigun is, uh, the basic setup is that Meryl and Millie are insurance like agents, and yeah, this yes. person Vash the Stampede has been causing a lot of damage, which results in a lot of insurance claims. And so yeah. they've been instructed to go find him and tell him to knock it the fuck off. And they find somebody that they think is Vash the Stampede, but there's enough like it's plausible that it might not be him. Well, no, it's even, it's even better because Meryl, who's kind of the, the no nonsense one, you know, she always thinks like, Oh, this guy, like he's an idiot. I'm just going to totally discount it. Whereas Millie, her kind of sort of airhead friend who has a big mini gun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she just goes, Oh no, it's him. Uh, but you know, she goes, Oh no, it couldn't be like this guy is a, a legend. He destroyed entire towns. He's like the greatest gun. He has a 60 billion do- double dollar bounty on his head. Couldn't be him. Like, like that's a fairy tale. Um, well, a lot of his, uh, victories early on, they attribute to like the Jubei and Ninja scroll. Like he keeps winning on accident. This guy's an idiot. He can't, you know, none of that's intentional. He's just getting lucky. And they actually hide a lot of the, um, you know, they use the quick, you know, like frame or two pieces of animation to actually like do a lot of Vash's cool stuff, right? Like, I think in the first episode, Millie and Meryl are caught by some bounty hunter hooligans, and Vash ends up coming back to save them, and he throws like something from super far away and cuts down their rope. But like, it actually goes pretty quickly as a piece of animation to the point that like, I'm pretty sure I might, I must have missed at least something in the few episodes where he does like i think in one episode he throws a like a rock to deflect someone's bullet so it doesn't cause a a lethal wound right you know but it's just quick right like blink and you miss it um and there's a lot of that like it's it's kind of surprising how much they're willing to not show Mm -hmm. right like uh it's i don't know i i just don't think a, a series like that today especially would let you miss it that much they would very much like put it front and center and unmissable yeah it's a problem in live action stuff too like if a character gets a text message they have to do an insert on the phone so you know they got a text message Mm. right they have they show it and it's they can't just oh yeah they have like the the text thread showing up on the side of the screen or or they'll do that i'm actually a bigger fan of that because then the scene can continue without going right to the phone (laughs) so but you know it's a Anyways, this really thoughtful series, uh, and it's just so natural. Like I, I never felt at one point, at any point, that anything was being forced uh, or rushed. Um, you know, uh, like Meryl. Uh, over time, of course, she starts to realize that she's in love with Fash, but she can't admit it. But even the way in, that's tied in with all these character moments is, you know, it's really tender and. She's never going outright and saying it, right? Like, it's a lot of just real deal acting from these animators, right? right? Like, they're doing such great character work. Mm. And, but it's also still like, and it's so funny too, because the first five episodes would have you thinking, okay, this is going to be mostly an anthology. You know, like, we're going to go each episode and kind of have 
oh, there's going to be someone after Vash, or maybe there will be some Wild West type thing happening that they'll walk in on and have to defuse the situation for. Um, but it kind of takes a turn, I think, around the halfway point when you find out that there's this group of like super, I don't know, like they're like a group of anime villain types. Yeah, uh, the, the gung ho guns, the great demons yes, of Kimono guns. <laughs> That's a Ninja Scroll joke again. Uh, there's a whole group of these guys, uh, and they're all after Vash uh, because his because they're all like I don't know underneath his they're slaves to his brother who is this all powerful other twin being. Mm-hmm. It's so funny because uh, this is all like a, I think a really well plotted mystery in the you know TV series the ninety eight series, but then in episode one of Trigun Stampede, almost all of this was spoiled. Yeah, that was one of all my of biggest problems, and I don't know if it's because they're like, well, anybody watching this has already seen Trigun. But I feel like it, it's what, like, you don't meet Knives until, what, episode 13 or 14, maybe even later? It takes a like. I think you see him, like, you hear other people mention him, um, you know, or obliquely. Like, they don't mention him by name. It takes a while. And then we finally get the flashback. And again, only seen episode one of Stampede, but oh my God, Stampede is such a shit show. Uh, it took something that was really beautiful and it just made it into like narrative heavy. You know, again, this is the trend now, right? Where everything, ha- it, we don't get a lot of these anthology series anymore. Yeah, Everything is much more like, okay, each episode is going to be part of one overall narrative mm-hmm. and we're going to hit that. Um, but uh, oh, uh, one last thing I got to say about Trigun, though. Um, I don't know. For people who like Westerns, I think it's just a really well, like, I, I, it's interesting what it's doing with the Western because we have Vash, who is a gunman who refuses to kill. He has this big old, looks like a desert eagle and revolver had a baby. <laughs> um, he has a big old gun. Uh, and he's a crazy sharpshooter, can pull off inc- uh, incredible, you know, things with abilities because it turns out he's secretly like a superhuman being that was an accidentally released into from captivity of sorts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's a, a plant. Like, that, And there's definitely enough in the show like, that you can figure it out yourself. Yeah, that's another thing. Like, they really don't do like the full in-depth, like, discussion of what plants are in that anime. Yeah, I, I, fact, I think not. very little of it is told. Like, uh, so much of it is just demonstrated visually, or right. you just like infer it enough that, like, I got to episode twenty and I was like, "Oh, I, th- I have a feeling I know what Vash is," and I think maybe, maybe someone says it in a single like throwaway line of dialogue, and I'm just like, "Yep, yeah, that makes sense." But I, I wasn't disappointed. It wasn't like they said it, and now it's ruined. I mean, my, people might not have known because the manga, while it it didn't like get canceled forever i believe the manga got canceled partway through the show that's why it deviates because uh, it, it oh had no to, it was like, like deviating long before but yeah yeah it did get like canceled and moved to another magazine yeah right i think it's like trigun like maximum trigun yeah. maximum yeah yeah um but it was just like really, uh, really subtle. Um, but I think what's also funny um, is, or rather, I think it is also a really funny series. There's a, there's so many uh, great animated moments of just like 
ridiculous facial expressions of Meryl. Like, I think in one episode, she, uh, Vash, do- he goes, oh, there's a gunman! And he dodges, and we see a bunch of, you know, like, kid darts coming oh, at yeah. the screen. And they get, you know, Meryl and Minnie are just completely hammered by these. And Vash is just like, good thing those weren't real bullets! And starts laughing, and Millie pulls out a gun and just, like, gets a crazy look on her face. Uh, just like, I'll kill him. Uh, and it's really funny. Like, I was actually belly laughing, which is unusual. Um, and it like, it's really good at kind of going back and forth between all of these moods, but I don't, know, there's even just like simple design things that they do, like the plants, which are, cause this all, this all takes place on like a weird wild West planet with two suns and there's not really water. And it's just like a Dante's Inferno hell planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we see this all the time, right? But the plants are shown as light bulbs. And I think it's such like a, I don't know, like it's supposed to be this lost technology from ancient humanity who had technology far beyond what, you know, present humanity can pull off because um, mm. they are settlers to this world. Right. Uh, but it's, think about that, like the plant itself, it's lost human technology. It's It's shown as a light bulb. Like a brilliant idea that human, humanity can never touch. If a plant breaks, you're just fucked because the engineers who exist on the planet now like they can kind of like sort of troubleshoot and like the can you you know can you turn your computer off and on kind of way but they don't (laughs) know how any of this works so if it's broken for real you're just donezo and your whole town's gone um (laughs) right but then you know of course we find out that they're also plants so the fact that they're light bulbs and they're sun they're basically giant sun lamps for these like super dimensional creatures (laughs) um it's like a great, you know, like, oh, that's, that's like a, you know, it's, uh, I don't know, visually, I think that the ideas are, like, well thought out and are representative of, and just like, and, you know, uh, I was always interested and thought like, oh, that's really clever and smart. And I like that. Yeah, Trigon, Trigon gets kind of weird. Uh, I'm to understand the manga is very, very different. Uh, I've not yeah. read it and you can't buy it anymore. Yeah. Uh, I was lucky enough. I owned the entire thing for a a good couple of years, and yeah, it it diverges wildly. Like from the jump, it, it's really vastly different. My my major complaint uh, with the ninety eight show is that I do not like the depiction of uh, Vash's brother Knives. I feel like the way they depict him is very bland and very like one dimensional. Whereas like in that manga, there's, there's a lot more to be had and a lot more said about like who he is and like what his goals are and like his specific relation to Vash. Whereas in the show, it's really just like, Oh, Vash has an evil twin brother who likes to sip tea menacingly. Ooh. I think it comes across that way in the beginning, but I, it's, I think that it's doing a lot of subtle acting with, um, I, I see his story as like a love story between him and Vash and just like, you know, like a love gone wrong. Right. Like, um, I don't, it's even just like as a Western, I think that it's also, uh, like, so I think you could look at Vash and knives as being like a mixed metaphor in that one and that they each represent kind of, Parts of them represent revisionist Westerns, and then part of them represent uh, pre-revisionist Westerns. But it's not 
always the character that you think because you know Vash he has this strict vow of non of non killing. You know he's willing to do violence, but in a way in which everyone gets to go home at the end of the day. But he ultimately wants humans to live on this planet, right? They, he wants them to colonize this foreign planet. Whereas Knives, you know, destroyed the the ships that humanity came in on. Uh, you know, all these hundred years past. Uh, because he he just viewed them as you know again like vermin and scum you know like bringing their pestilence and kind of weakness and frailty and just trying to outrun death right to this other planet and literally colonizing um so you know in a western it's almost like you could say knives is destroying the train like it's just like he's it's almost like he's destroying the train tracks and the trains right which is like a i don't know like in some ways that would be like the you know, the anti-colonist take, right? Like we would say that is like the more positive from a modern perspective. But then Vashir is saying like, no, I want humanity to live. But of course, it's not that simple because Knives, he isn't doing that out of like, oh, like the planet, it'll hurt the planet and the indigenous life forms. He's just doing it because he's like, oh, we're better than you. I want to colonize this planet. <laughs> not right, you. I want a planet <laughs> of plants. Specifically, yeah. I mean, and in the end, like they, um, and also the only reason that um, Vash was able to stop that from happening, you know, in ages um, when it came to a head, I think like at some point, like 20, 30 years prior to the events that we see in the the series is when he turned his gun on his brother and shot him in a not fatal way, but in a way in which he literally had to re like knives had to regrow part of his body because right. again, they're plants, they're not humans. So you can just regrow it. You plug yourself back into the machine. And this whole thing is like a weird, like I, I, I could read the whole narrative as a, like a revenge love story. Hmm. Almost like something like Kill Bill, if you will, but obviously prior to Kill Bill, I know how time works. <laughs> <laughs> also, I know you didn't watch the dub, but the dub is excellent. It is John Young Bosch's first uh, anime dub. The subs are also great. Too, I'm sure the, the subs are great. Yeah, I'm those are saying. some those are some quality subs. Way to go, translators! Uh, anyone who has an issue with localizers can really suck a dick. Reading them, the font they chose was good. Yes, fantastic I only, font I, I choices. To, I just for people who have maybe seen a few episodes of Stampede and maybe that's turned them off, or you know they're interested. I would say. Go watch Trigun. It's one of the best times I've had in a long time. It's like a 10 out of 10. Uh, I would say read the manga. Just even if you can't find it anywhere, look for it. It's yeah. a, it's well worth your time. Uh, <laughs> Naitao has like a big problem where like towards the end, he, he is very bad at like spacing out action scenes. So you have no idea what's going on, but yeah, aside from that great read. Yeah, I uh, have not read the manga, but I've seen the show. I recently watched it all the way through for the first time because uh, I'd always caught bits and pieces on Adult Swim uh, and I had the DVDs, but I just never watched it all the way through. So in 2020, uh, I finally watched episode one to episode 26. And it turns out I had only missed maybe two or three episodes along the way. Oh, interesting. Oh, wow. But uh, yeah, very good. One of my favorites. Uh, and yes, I do uh, like the dub a lot. It was the only reason that I was able to enjoy Stampede as much as I did 
was because they brought uh, Johnny back to play Vash. But they got rid of uh, Millie. Aww. Yeah, what's up with that? I don't know. Is I guess it's similar to like the case with that newer orphan anime where like they were only able to get a uh, the voice actor for Orphan back and replaced everybody else. Yeah, I, I uh, couldn't say. So uh, you have not watched the movie yet. No, that is up next. What's funny about the movie is I'm pretty sure the only reason it got made is because Trigun was very popular in America. But it took them like 10 plus years to finally get it finished. I don't think they were making it that whole time. Probably just took them, you know, a long time to get it approved and, you know, put through the system. But I'm sure someone over there was, you know, it's champion, right? Oh, yeah. Really wanting to make it happen from behind the scenes. And uh, I'm hopeful I'll report back on whether that was a worthy cause. I I think it's okay. It's just funny that, you know, Trigun aired on Adult Swim in, you know, 2004, 2005. I'm pretty sure Badlands Rumble came out in like 2012. (laughs) But, you know, very, very good show. Uh, Highly recommend people watch it slash read the manga if they have not already. Yeah, definitely. So, hi. I watched a show called How to Raise a Boring Girlfriend cool how boring is this girlfriend uh he doesn't have one it's a very misleading title (laughs) what (laughs) i so i watched this because i've been getting into figures i have three no four rem figures now uh almost explicitly rem i think uh oh yeah i also have one grappler baki figure uh but i saw a figure from the show and like, oh, well, that's a really cute character design. I'm going to find out what this is from. Oh, it's from a show called How to Raise a Boring Girlfriend? That sounds stupid. So naturally, I decided to watch it because I wanted to see if I could justify buying this figure. And it turned out I really liked the show a lot. It is based on a light novel, which was turned into a manga. It has two seasons and a movie, I believe. I've not read any of the manga. Or the light novel. The manga has come out in English. The light novel has not. I believe all of the series has. Okay. It's it's one of those like dumbass shows that had like an abbreviated title back in yes. the 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really confusing because we also have a show called Psychano. Right. And this show is called Psychano. How to Raise a Boring Girlfriend, but it's spelled differently. <sighs> it's, it's like S A E Kano. Or it's like Psy Kono or something. Right. Uh, so I always just like put that out of my head thinking that it was the same show. But Psy Kono is about having a robot girlfriend and Psy Kono or whatever is about making a dating sim. Uh, this is essentially if Yamazaki from Welcome to the NHK got together with the girls from uh, Chunibyo and made a dating sim. And that is why I love this show, because those are two of my favorite shows, and they combined them. Now, one thing that I do not recommend, so the way that this is listed on Crunchyroll, they have the OVA as episode zero. That might be what it's literally called. Do not watch that first, because (laughs) it won't make any sense. 
I don't know when you should watch it. Maybe in the middle, maybe after the last episode, like in between seasons. I'm not sure. You can look and see when it came out, like chronologically, or not chron. Like look and see when it came out, like literally. Watch it in that order, but they throw you in without any explanation about what anything is, which is fine because it's an OVA that was made that probably came out on one of the fucking Blu-rays. But uh, if you watch it before episode one, you're going to have no idea what's happening. That being said, it is a pretty good OVA. It's just very horny. It's a Hot Springs episode. This show is really horny. I'm just going to say that. It's not as horny as like Harem in the Labyrinth of Another World or uh, Well, like few things are. Uh, there's not any like overt nudity, but there's a lot of titties and ass and probably feet. I wasn't keeping <laughs> so the I actually wrote the names of the characters down so I would remember uh, how to talk about the show because I always just forget. Uh, it stars Tomio Aki. He is that's our Yamazaki character. Super Otaku. His room is filled with figures and dating sims. He wants everybody to play dating sims and collect figures and watch anime. He wants to make a game. And so he hires uh, two of his friends who are very, very popular in his high school, naturally, uh, and also happen to be closet otaku and happen to be closet uh, really famous creators. Uh, So you have... This this show sounds very... Oh, wait, no. Like... I was gonna say it sounds before it's time, but now I'm looking. It came it's out from in like 2015. 2015. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so one of his friends is Udaha Kasumi Kaoka. Uh, she is secretly a really prevalent light novel writer, but she's also a high school student. As you do. So he hires her to be the writer for his game, and then his other friend Eri uh, Sawamura. She is a popular doujin artist that writes under a pseudonym, and uh, he hires her to be the character designer. Now, the uh, Chunibyo corollaries are Eri is essentially Dekomori, and uh, Utaha is... Uh, shoot, I forgot her name. Mori Summer was her Chunibyo name. Uh, and the one with we, the hair? The one with the hair. The Dekamori was the one with the pigtails. Okay. If you look at the characters for this, you'll know immediately uh, why I thought Chunibyo, because Eri looks just like Dekamori and acts just like Dekamori. Uh, and but so the reason he wants to make a game outside of being a big dork is he was inspired by an event that is you know I think the opening of Kimigari Orange Road. He's just walking around town and a girl's hat falls in front of him and he. Gives it back to her, and he falls in love with her because he gives her her hat. I think that's the first episode of Kimigari Orange Road. Uh, it's been years since I saw. So he invites her to be part of their game circle as well. She is their model. So they just use her to like make character designs based off her and say, like, oh, could you give me a grumpy face? Could you do this? How would you say this? We're trying to think of the best way to do the dialogue. So that's Megumi uh, Megumi Kato. And I guess she's the boring girlfriend, but they're not actually dating. Because uh, the joke is that she's just, like, super cute, but really dull. 
And he gets her into uh, playing dating Sims, and that's why she joins their team. It, wait, is she the, which one is she? Is she the one with the short hair or the long hair? She's the one with the short hair. The long hair one is Udaha. Okay, and then the the one with the pigtails is the Dekomori one. That is the Dekomori one. That's the Dojin artist. The one with the long hair is the writer. Ah. Uh, so that's kind of the basic premise. This is a very much like a slice of life show. So just every episode is them working on their game. You know, they have different inspirations. So like there's the hot springs episode that is episode zero. Uh, there's a, an episode where uh, Tomia and Megumi go on like a lunch date to a mall. He uses that as inspiration for like, you know, how people interact and, you know, what kind of things different people want. And, you know, he tries to put that into his game, you know, just like people watching, essentially. Okay. Uh, you know, there's fundraising episodes. There's an episode where, like, they're learning how to program. There's, uh, near the end of the series, uh, they hire a composer. I don't want to say too much about that. It's like the last two episodes. And there was, like, a neat surprise in there that I don't want to spoil. Uh, but also just because it's an Aniplex show and it's an Aniplex show about otaku, there's references to real Aniplex stuff in it, which is kind of a neat touch. Uh, so like in the background of, uh, Tomia's room is like a Ori emo poster. Um, and like there's references to Gurren Lagan at points. Hmm. Um, it's not the best show I've ever watched, but I enjoyed my time with it. I watched like two episodes at a time over the course of like two or three weeks. So it's it's one that like if you want a horny comedy that it breaks the fourth wall a lot, which I think is kind of fun. Like if it did it all the time, it'd be obnoxious. Uh, but Udaha, because she's a writer, she'll often like talk about character tropes. But because it's a show where they're writing a thing, they'll also like use her talking about it to introduce people. <laughs> like, uh, I, I'm trying to think of a good example. Like an early one is uh, Tomia will be like, Oh, uh, obviously, uh, Eri is my childhood friend who I grew up next to and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, they're trying to obviously also tell us that for real, mm. but it's, done as a joke because then Udaha's like don't talk about real people that way that's such ham-fisted bullshit anime writing oh my god is it is it the friggin harem anime scream yes (laughs) yes it is I I enjoyed it now I'm sure that those jokes have been done a thousand times but I've not watched all of those shows okay Uh, I have not started season two yet season two hilariously is called flat uh not many flat characters in this show hi uh and then there's the movie, i don't know i'm obviously. looking at this deco mori one she's well yeah the- she's the lowly character uh but udaha and there's a character introduced near the end that is uh very breast delicious we could say that's not a real word there we go uh boobalicious as i believe Just going right for kids it Damn, say. man they just, they, you know, they know who they're catering to. They have very busty ladies and they have the petite ladies. They have the childhood friends and they have the high school friends. They know exactly what they're doing. It's paint by numbers, but it's done in an enjoyable and funny way. You got to have everything for I everybody. 
You know? I recommend it, but definitely it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. Oh, um, Megumi uh, is uh, closest equivalent is Kumin from uh, Junibio. There isn't really a God. I forgot what her name was. The main character of Junibio doesn't really have a corollary. Corollary. The one with the eye patch, right? Yeah, I forgot her name. The fucking main character, and I guess the the main guy. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. If you like Welcome to the NHK and want to watch a less depressing version of that where they actually make the fucking game <laughs> and you liked Junibio, then uh, I think that you'll enjoy this show. But uh, you'd have to watch it streaming because it is an Anaplex show. If you want to watch it on Blu-ray, it's very, very expensive. It's going to cost you $9 million. $9 million double dollars. There we go. Uh, yeah. And it's also sub only because it's Anaplex. If you want to watch this anime on Blu-ray, you have to catch Bash the Stampede. Phil says, Phil says he needs a Pop-Tart. I think I need a Blow-Tart in my neck. What the heck, I need to start. It's time. The best in English dub anime, 24-7. Uncut and uncensored, streaming live to your television through your PS3. With weekly world premieres, anime favorites, live action movies, all English dub. Find it all only on Neon Alley. Change how you watch anime. What is anime? Anime is action. Sci-fi. Comedy. Martial arts. Anime is straight from Japan. Totally unexpected. Not kid stuff. Anime is on right now. 24 hours a day. Log on now and demand your anime. Anime Network. So you watched Futo Pi. Yeah, it, it's called Futo Pi. Futo Pi, sorry. As in uh, Private Investigator. <laughs> I thought it was about cheesecake. <laughs> which is not I thought pie. it was about stepping on food, so, you know. Uh, I mean. <laughs> There's egg on my face. Considering that people now believe that I'm super into anime feed, I can't see. I can see how you would make that distinction. I want to make it very clear that, uh, yeah, I, it, it's a, it's a, it's a gag when I say I like anime feet. Yeah. Got it. But yeah. So Futo PI, it's an interesting thing. Cause it is an anime based on a manga that is a direct sequel to, a tokusatsu series from 2010. Uh, for those out there who may know, you may be familiar with Kamen Rider, like uh, Shotaro Ishinomori's like opus, if you will, that 
you know, branched off and became the, the huge, like live action tokusatsu show f- meant to sell toys to babies. Yeah. It, yeah. And, and, uh, 2022 was its 50th anniversary so they did a whole bunch of different projects for it they of course had like their newest show common rider revise that year and then they had a common rider black sun which is like which was like an an amazon prime series that was basically like hey what if common rider was gory and gritty and and, and about racism yeah yes yes i highly recommend that and they also did this futopi which is yeah the sequel to uh the 2010 common rider series common rider double so uh real quick backstory on double uh common rider double is about two detectives in this town called futo that's all about like wind energy and shit. They got a bunch of windmills and wind turbines hanging around town. And so you have a uh, Shotaro and Philip and uh, their whole thing is they solve crimes that involve uh, Gaia memories, which the best way to describe these is they're like, USB drives that turn you into monsters. Oh, okay. Yes. And yeah. And so like, it's very like typical tokusatsu monster of the week stuff. Like each, each episode they run into a case where it's like, Oh man, my, uh, my stepsister won't come home. And then it turns out she's been turning herself into a, this is one of the weird parts. It's like, so when somebody uses a Gaia memory to turn into a monster, that monster is called a Dopant, which I don't know where they got that name from, but that's all cool. But you know, that's all, that's all background. That's all window dressing. Cause what we're really here for is for when Shotaro and Philip transform into Common Rider double. And that is done by them sort of fusing together to become a single dude. And yeah, so with Futo PI, it's it's pretty much like a couple of years after the end of the series when like, oh man, we got rid of all the Gaia memories, but turns out more are showing up now. And there's like a... a Damn USB drives? Yes. And these ones can go in both ways. Oh shit, USB C? Yes. Unfortunately, I've there has never been a joke where like someone tried to use one of these things and they had it upside down. I don't know why. That's just like that's quality jokes left on the table. Yeah, come on, guys. Writer's room. Right. But yeah, I will say it's I like the show. It is it definitely suffers from only being like 12 episodes. Like, like I've been talking about with like this, like, you know, we got to like fit everything into this 12, 13 episode core. Cause the way, like a typical 
story in Kamen Rider Double is structured is it will have like two episodes, one episode to set up the mystery that the guys are investigating and to set up the characters and maybe have like an introductory fight with like that monster of the week where like uh, Shotaro like maybe almost beats it or they need to figure out a way to beat it because I don't know, it can like dip into walls and shit. And then the second episode is like, oh man, we found the, the guy who the real killer or what have you. And then they, you know, ride or kick the monster and it's done. But since this is like a 12 episode series, they really don't have the time to do all that, but they still insist on working in that format. Like it's, it's three episodes before they actually decide to like transform into Kamen Rider, Mm. which yeah, which is to its detriment. (laughs) I'm not even going to lie. Yeah, I, I find that the everything being 12 or 13 episodes, it's either things are too long or too short. Yes, it is. This show is definitely hurt by that, but it's still, it is like very enjoyable. I don't know if it's necessarily like user friendly for someone who knows nothing about Kamen Rider, let alone Kamen Rider Double. Mm-hmm. Because like, I watched Comrade Double like years ago and I really enjoyed that. So when I heard this was coming out and when I actually watched it, I was like, oh my God, it's Shotaro and Philip. They're back and it's friggin' they're on their like sweet black and green motorcycle doing flips and shit. And oh my God, those two like high school girls they would use as informants are, are like adult women now. It's crazy. So is the previous Kamen Rider that this is a sequel to, is that a live action or is that also anime? No, that's, that's a live action. Okay. I just wanted to check because obviously like a lot of this has never been available in the West. Oh, so you have to get it via other means, right? Oh, yes. Uh, definitely. Like most Kamen Rider stuff, you you still have to get through other means. There have there have definitely been like efforts. Like I know Discotech and Shout Factory are doing – the damn thing and bringing over some common writer blu-rays yeah it's it's funny with that as far as like tokusatsu because like common writer really gets the short end of the stick as far as like big tokusatsu franchises because uh super sentai obviously like is brought over here every year it's like a different power rangers Ultraman, you can watch like so much of Ultraman just on YouTube for free. Right. And there's those really great Blu-ray sets that are available now. Right. And then, but then with Kamen Rider, it's like almost nothing. You have like a couple of Blu-ray sets for like Kuga and Zero One. And I think, what was the, uh, the one that was just announced? I want to say Ryuki. Are you talking about the movie one, Shin Kamen Rider? No, no, like the Blu-ray that that was announced. Oh, the crazy twelve hundred dollar one. Really? Did you? I don't know if it's a Japan only. It just I just saw this on Twitter last night. Hmm. They're releasing uh, some Kamen Rider, and it's going to be like twelve hundred dollars for the Blu-rays. I even. Or sorry, it's a four K release. I apologize. Huh. 
yeah. Uh, but I don't even know if that's going to have English shit. subtitles on it. So <laughs> I looked up the person that's writing the manga for this, who's credited as the creator. Yeah. And they also created Beat the Vandal Buster. Really? But they also wrote the script for MD Geist. Huh. That's they're, that's very interesting. They're credited as the creator of MD Geist. I thought, so you're a big fan, JP, right? I'm in. Oh, they also write uh, Adventures of Die. You know what? Crap. Yeah, now I'm remembering that, and that is true. Which... <laughs> Which another like interesting thing about this show and about the manga is that I guess since they consider the fact that this manga, I want to say the manga came out, uh, 2015, 2016, they really take into account that like, Hey, a lot of the people who are watching common Rider double as like five-year-olds back in 2010 they're like teenagers maybe adults by now so there's a lot there's a fair amount of just like nudity or just straight up brutal murder that happens in this show Mm. yeah like the uh the first monster they fight is a dude who like literally eats people and then like turns them into asphalt Damn. Yeah. And then I want to say the second to last episode, there's like a, a whole thing where one of the, this like anime only character who's like a Shotaro's new assistant, who's just a hot lady with boobs and amnesia. Mm, nice. That's her whole thing. And uh, well, I'm glad she lost her memory and not the other thing. Right. Pretty weird. <laughs> Oh no, I woke up and forgot my boobs, but at least I still know my name. <laughs> well, just, I just thought it was so funny how you mentioned that. You're like, she has no memory and this, and it's like, oh. Well, well yeah, like, that that's what she's got. But but yeah, there's a scene where, like, she has to hide, like, a, like evidence of a crime, and so she decides to hide it in her cleavage, and uh, the the big like criminal of that scene, like just reaches down her shirt and gets it. Oh man. Yeah. What a ugh, creepy vibes. Yeah. That's so I will say like, if you're a fan of Kamen Rider, but not necessarily a fan of that Futo PI <laughs> might like turn you off with that shit. But what it will not turn you off with is the tra- the animations for the transformations and when they're actually in their suits because the suit design the suit design for Kamen Rider Double was already pretty dope but like it is translated perfectly into the anime nice yeah (laughs) but yeah I just wanted to talk about that because you know I want to talk about Kamen Rider for a minute because that's a thing I feel like we're starting to lose as like anime is becoming more mainstream. Common writer? No, just like people's appreciation for like Tokusatsu as a whole. God, I feel like, you know, you got all these like anime fans doing their fucking Ginyu Force poses at their goddamn wedding 
at their <laughs> wedding reception. And it's like, do you guys even know that that's like a direct callback to Tokusatsu shows like Super Sentai? Well, I, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I don't want to call them out, but uh, Tone just did a, a big. Uh, what is that series? It's um, Samurai Fomenko. And uh, he was not he just like, I think very much like I don't know a lot about tokusatsu and just like, I think it completely was not to his flavor likings. <laughs> and I wonder how much of that is just because, like you said, just oh, like, man. he doesn't have that the knowledge or maybe like the deeper appreciation for like what tokusatsu is. I, I do think it's a, an acquired taste. See, if he had that deeper appreciation, he wouldn't have dropped licorice recoil at episode three. <laughs> Two. What? Uh, Yo. Yeah. He watched the he good episode. Jeez. Sorry, Tone. Not trying to drag you. <laughs> hey, love you. <laughs> look, it's a combination of lack of, I am trying to drag you. <laughs> I do love you though, guy. The fact that Mike Dent stopped doing R5 Central 10 years ago. <laughs> Henshin Justice. Henshin, yes. Oh, man. Good old Mike Dent. Keeping the, keeping the fire alive. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else to say about Futo PI? Uh, uh, where is it streaming? It's streaming on Crunchyroll. Uh, it, all 13 episodes are out. There, it ends on such a weird note because it's like they don't beat the main bad guy of this, I guess, arc. They just beat one of his like gung ho guns, if you will, one of his generals or some shit. And then it leads into what looks like a flashback to the original show, but then the episode just ends. And there's been no news about like another season or like well, it's an obviously going to be a sequel another decade down the line, 2032. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the uh, the 60th anniversary of Common Rider. They're going to do it, but yeah, I don't know, man. I just really liked it. I thought it was a great show. I feel like it it would you'd like it even if you weren't a Common Rider fan because they they do a lot to just like ease you in if you are unfamiliar with these characters like the first two episodes of this show are almost like cut and paste the first episode of the original Kamen Rider double well and you don't have a choice unless you want to download a torrent <laughs> right uh, you know who also has boobs and amnesia some of the characters in Ichinose's Family Deadly Sins. I said that really poorly. The Ichinose <laughs> Family's Deadly Sin. Sorry. I had a lot of those going around. Uh, this is a manga series from Taizan 5, which is a pretty cool name. It started in Shonen Jump, November 2022. It is, uh, I believe, 14 or 15 chapters in. Uh, it is in the Shonen Jump app. And from the best I can tell, it's this uh, writer's second manga. There's another one called uh, Tacopi's Original Sin. I don't think there's any relation outside of them both having sin in the name. Uh, it is <laughs> That is a miserable-looking manga in really? terms of it looks really depressing. The covers of that manga is just little kids crying. <laughs> Uh, and that <laughs> will be coming out soon. That was licensed by Viz pretty recently. Uh, that one is about 
like an alien fucking shit up, I guess. And it only ran for two volumes. And I don't know if it was canceled because it won a ton of awards and they gave this person another series immediately. So I'm going to assume they just only had two volumes of things to say. But the Ichinose family's deadly sin. It's a weird one for Shonen Jump, I feel, both artistically and story-wise. Uh, it reminds me a lot of Inio Asano's artwork. I wouldn't be surprised if they knew each other or you know worked together in the past. Uh, also, kind of thematically, because it's just really, really miserable. Uh, I wouldn't say Inio Asano. I feel like it's a bit more flowy than his stuff usually is. I, I guess that's that's was my initial thought. I'm not saying it's like a one-to-one, but that's what drew me to it. Because uh, I saw the Japanese version of Original Sin at uh, Kino Kunia, and I thought that it was a Japanese copy of Did a Demon Destruction. <laughs> and I had to look it up to figure out what it was. Uh, but I guess decide for yourself when you're uh, choosing to read or not read this. But... Uh, It is about a family that is in a car crash, and they all wake up in the hospital with amnesia. Uh, How many? How how deep into this are you, Noel? I don't want to spoil too Uh, much of it. Yeah, I was. uh, I want to say six chapters in. Okay. So you find out very little about this family. Uh, They like get discharged for the from the hospital and just kind of have to wing it. Uh, like the dad goes back to work. The uh, son, who is our main point of view character, goes back to school. Uh, the daughter, you know, has her own shenanigans that she's attending to. You don't learn so much about the grandpa and the grandma characters, at least not so far. Uh, so it it, it kind of sets itself up to be this silly series in the beginning uh, where they're like joking around and, like I guess I'm your dad. I hope I was a good dad. And like, <laughs> oh my God. let's try to figure out our memories. The doctor said that if we pretend to have memories, that that might help trigger things. So they right. start, you know, telling a story about a fake vacation they went on. They're and, like, oh man, wasn't it crazy when we went to Spain or some shit? Yeah. Uh, and then they go home. This is all in the first chapter. Or maybe they're already in home and they just haven't gone into their rooms yet. I can't remember. Uh, but they were like, well, we all have separate rooms with locks on them. That's really weird. You know, the mom and the dad and the grandma and the grandpa are like, hey, you know, it's uh, weird that we don't share a bedroom being that we're married. Uh, okay, whatever. They're, they're a very sexless family. Yeah, maybe we just don't fuck. Or maybe like, <laughs> we, you know, were we in the middle of a separation? We don't know because we don't have our memories. You know, they're just trying to have fun and, you know, not, I guess, dread on that fact. Like, maybe they were shitty people, but, you know, they don't know that yet. Uh, And so, the end of the first chapter, the main character opens up his room, and it is covered in the word die. Uh, If you think, (laughs) this is a reference only I'm going to get. If you remember in the first episode of Grappler Baki... (laughs) How his house is covered in graffiti. It's like that. His his entire wall and like all of his books have uh, the Japanese characters for die written all over it. It's very, very creepy. And like, well, maybe there's more to this than we thought. 
And I don't want to go too into it because it is such a short series so far. And there are some pretty big twists fairly Mm. early on. Uh, But I will say that it continues to get darker and darker. Uh, You start to follow the main character uh, in his school life. And it is not fun. Uh, Right. Turns out that he was bullied pretty heavily. And uh, that is, there are no, uh, no, it's not really candy coated. Fortunately, there's no weird sexual assault bullying as there often is in these types of manga, but it's still very violent and very cruel. Yeah. uh, What they do to this kid. But hey, JP, you know, the the secret to stopping bullying is to just bully them back and then Mm -hmm. they will dissolve into a pile of, you know, sobbing shit. You know, and then you I, can just bully each other and become friends again. That happened to me in high school. <laughs> what? Middle school. High school. I fought back against a bully and made him cry. And then we were cool after that. <laughs> so that's the answer. But that's that's about as far as I want to go. because uh, it gets very it gets a lot weirder and a lot really? darker. Ooh. Uh, it's Is this currently running? Yes. Yeah, they are. It's either fourteen or fifteen chapters in. The next chapter is going to come out a couple days after this podcast comes out. I think. Yeah, I read all it drops of them. every Sunday. Yeah. Oh, it is. It's Sunday. Okay, because I I read these all like three days ago, and it said the next chapter was in like less than a week. Hmm. Uh, but I I like it a lot, and I'm excited to read uh, Tacopi's original sin when that comes out. It's weird that that didn't come out first, considering that came out before this one, but we're getting them both. Uh, I I have a lot of uh, hope for this uh, this writer. Yeah, it you're definitely right that it is a uh, it is like a departure from the usual jump stuff. But you know, I always welcome that. I was welcoming to Promise Neverland and Akane Banashi. Uh, another series that it kind of reminded me of was, uh, Shadow Star Narutaru or Bokurano. Really? Which are. Hmm. Oh, Bokurano. Yeah. Not, not so much in like what's happening, but thematically in that it's the setup is like this kooky high school story, but it immediately gets sad. Oh, okay. Uh, I forget that writer's name but they they did this type of story a lot or magical girl site did it in a really really nihilistic way where it's like hey it's anime high school i was but gonna, we're gonna say in a really really shit shitty way yeah magical girl site's not great i did read all of it but it's yeah. crazy i feel like that mangaka's entire library is kind of shitty yeah it's not good this is like the the family-friendly version of the miserable, depressing high school student story. Mm. So that is uh, that's all I got on that. Did did uh, you have anything else you wanted to say about that one? I don't know. That was it. Uh, we both also read Beat and Motion. Yes, which is the manga that won that reality show and uh, yeah, is getting I an anime. The, I have the name for it right here. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it was like a web series called Million Tag. Yes. Yeah. And apparently the winner was supposed to get 5 million yen. Their their manga was supposed to be 
was supposed to get at least one Tonka Bond's worth of publication in Jump, and then an anime adaptation from Netflix. Now, I cannot remember if this is a beginner or if this is a professional that just won the contest. I want to say it's a beginner, but their editor is a an experienced editor. Hmm. I think that's how the, the game worked, right? You got paired up with an existing editor. So I, I think it's like the Chainsaw Man editor. Really? Hmm. I'm I'm not sure. But this one was kind of rough, and I, I'm giving them a lot of leeway because they are a, a starter that won a contest. Really? I was thinking it was pretty good, at least for a first chapter. It took me a while before I got into it. The... Hmm. Maybe about halfway through. Once, so it's a. It starts off as this like little kid who's really into animation, but then he like gives it up almost immediately because I what it like somebody made fun of him or something. Basically, it was like uh, he he's very into it. He's very into like just the the intricacies and the ways that like people move. And he happened to be like sketching this girl who was like running on the track outside. And when a bunch of other kids like bring that up to that girl, she's like fucking ew. And that's what like embarrasses him to into not drawing anymore. Ah, the, my dress up darling setup. Yes. Which yeah. I'll also <laughs> talk about. Yeah. Uh, so then he decides to get into music and he's in a really shitty band for a while. Right. And then it like goes post college or something. Not post college. I think he is still in college. He's, he, he uh, he's at least drinking age in Japan. Cause right. there's, th- this is when I started to get into it when they all go to the bar and he has to like help the drunk girl home. Uh, so for whatever reason, I was very high when I read this, (laughs) he gets back into drawing and I think it was something he talked about with that girl. It's because the girl basically like calls him a shithead because initial, cause like he's having a discussion with another guy at that uh, drinking party who's like, yeah, man, I'm going to become a novelist. I'm, I'm taking this like workshop and I'm, I'm submitting to, to publishers and shit like that. And he's just like, ah, fuck out of here. You're not going to get published. And when she hears that later on, she pre- basically chews him out and says like, don't like shit on other people's dreams. If you don't, if you're not doing anything yourself. And that's oh. what kind of motivates him to, do shit again there was a really funny uh what do you call it sequence that (laughs) i don't know if it just wasn't set up properly or if i was too stoned (laughs) but as they're arguing it cuts to a truck coming by oh yeah because and then she like pushes him and the implication is that he's going to get hit by the truck and isekai'd (laughs) but then they cut wide and the truck is actually like 30 feet away and like going at a reasonable speed and stops at a stoplight yes and it took me a minute to 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 realize the joke they were making it'll probably play better in the anime version but i really appreciated that once i got it right 
I think she even's like, what, did you think you were going to get hit by that truck and wake up in another world? You fucking moron. That truck's 50 feet away. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, I'm very, I'm very on board with this, with this anime girl. I, I like her style, like thumbs up all the way. So one of the threads that is happening in the middle of all of this is he's really into this singer called Nico. Right. Uh, she's an indie singer. I don't think she has like a record deal or anything. I think she just puts her music online. Yeah. She's uh, kind of like, a, she's kind of like Edo or Nano or those, or those Bell. ones. What? Or Bell. Oh yeah. There we go. You know, just uh, anonymously posting uh, her music online. And uh, he, I think he makes like an anime music video to one of her songs or he makes some kind of animation and she reaches out to him and asks him to make an AMV. Right. And so they're going to go meet up at like a coffee shop or something. And you find out that she, Nico's the girl that called him a shithead. Right. Yeah. And that's that's the first chapter. So I liked I liked how it ended. I just the first like twenty pages I didn't care for. Really, like huh. the whole thing with the band, and I just I don't know. See, I maybe liked... it hit too close to home for me. <laughs> <laughs> See, I did like that. It was an interesting. Uh, it is. It was like an interesting aspect where it's just like, yeah, he gets into something else, and that kind of distracts him from his original passion, which was animation. And I am, I am a big advocate for anime characters who have more than one interest. That's fair. Yeah. I feel like that. I feel like too often it's just like, I'm really into animation and that's all I care about. If I like, all I know how to do is animate and breathe and that's it. Well, they're I don't not going to show you the scenes of them jerking off and making Taco Bell. Exactly, Taco yeah. Bell. Yes, when are they going to show Midoriya jerking off and eating Taco Bell? <laughs> but yeah. yeah. It, but the, that was kind of a thing with How to Raise a Boring Girlfriend. It is very anime in that the only characters that exist in this world are the five main characters. Right. You never the meet only any thing teachers they, or anything. Right. And the only thing they care about is anime. They have no other interests or I mean, that's like, realistic. hobbies outside of that. We only, we're like that for people that listen to the podcast. Why do these guys only talk about anime? Yeah, that's, that's my kayfabe is that I only like anime. It's because I'm not going to talk about how I watched The Teacher or... <laughs> What's- What's the teacher? Oh my god! Yeah, it's a TV show <laughs> a about a thirty-five-year-old woman that dates her seventeen-year-old student. Hey, that's sort of anime adjacent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a little waka, bit. Waka. <laughs> I also watched the second season of Hunters, in which they go after literal Hitler. They have a second season of Hunters. Yeah, it just came out. Wow. I did not work on it because oh, okay. they shot it. Not in New York. Hmm. It's okay. It's not. <laughs> look, they, I'm glad I saw the end of those characters' stories, but holy shit, it's it's severely lacking. You know what? They were missing you, JP. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, that was the secret F- sauce. Yeah. They just played that Puff Daddy song every day at crew call. <laughs> 
missing you. Uh, yeah, Beat in Motion. I don't know. Check it out if that sounds interesting. Yeah, I, we're like I, uh, Siskel and Ebert. I give it a thumbs middling, and you sound like you give it a thumbs up. Yeah, I give it a thumbs up. I'm always down for new manga. I feel like it had a very strong first chapter. I I might check out more of it. Mm. But uh, you know what I won't be getting more of? My dress-up darling. Uh, this is going to be a quick one. So I watched, what, like the first seven episodes of the anime? Right. Really, really liked it. And every time I go to the manga store, I see the manga and I think, I really like that anime. Maybe I'll read the manga. And I finally do it. And it is such a like one-to-one adaptation, the, the anime of the manga, that it's kind of boring to read if you watch the anime already. <laughs> really? Like, like I, I no, found myself tired. Like not even just how it's like framed or anything. Like everything feels like it's right off the page onto your TV. I mean, I didn't do like comparisons, but <laughs> there was nothing new that I felt I gained from reading the manga. Oh, okay. And so I am not going to continue. Maybe I will, uh, when I finish the anime, maybe I'll find out where it picks up. Okay. And continue the story from there. But I just, now, how are the feet in the manga? Pretty good. Okay. You know, and like uh, Marin, still very, very attractive in the manga. Hmm. But I, I found myself enjoying the anime more. And uh, I just, I can't, can't do it. They're also longer chapters. I have, I have a problem sometimes with manga when the chapters are like double length. I really like the like 17 page like Inuyasha bleach length chapter. Okay. So when your chapters are 50 pages each, you really have to earn it. <laughs> See, I don't have that problem at all. I, I like to read it by volume. I don't like, I don't read chapter by chapter anything. Yeah. That would be hell. I find, I find that when I'm reading a, a physical book, I'm more conscious of chapter length because I can feel the pages as I'm turning them. Whereas when I'm reading digitally, I'm less conscious of it because I'm just flipping through. It's going to end when it ends. Hmm. It's very just. It's like psychology. That's Even when you're is. on the uh, the Shonen Jump app, I mean, you can hide the page numbers. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't know, like if it's written as part of the PDF or whatever, but the page counter at the bottom you can hide. And oh. so I I hide that. Okay, because like I usually do the mobile app, and when I like flip through there like when a chapter ends it it take it doesn't just take you into the next oh, yeah, chapter. Yeah, no, oh sorry um yes that that it still does what i'm saying is i'm i'm not able to like as easily just flip through and find out where it ends okay because i'm just i'm in the dark about like yes i could look at the page counter and literally know but i'm just i'm more aware of it when i'm reading a physical book uh yeah so that's all i got uh we went a little long but i think that's yeah. okay um what did we wow we went an hour and a half wow nice um let's play that uh grappler baki song let's uh let's infringe on some copyright there we go so Indeed. this is the gonzo moe no name anime show we talk about anime manga sometimes video games i don't know what we're gonna do next time uh i'm trying to think if i'm in the middle of anything 
I, we're very close to the end of the season. I think what in two weeks yeah. we'll be at like episode tens and elevens. Yeah, I gotta I gotta pick some of this stuff back up. Uh, I was I was watching Stampede and I was watching Akiba Made War. I'm a, I'm a season behind. Uh, what else is out? Foot uh, uh Bofuri. I was watching Bofuri and Tokyo Revengers. Oh yeah, I got distracted. But uh, it happens. Get back on that anime train. It happens to the best of us. I'm sure I'll find something to watch. But I'm also reading a lot of manga. Some of it's terrible. A lot of it's bad. I read the next volume of. I ran into my childhood friend on a train and prevented somebody from taking panty shots. Dropped that manga. Is that the whole title? <laughs> Pretty much. Okay. It's not good. The first volume was fun. Anyway, if you want more episodes, go to gonza.moe. Go to your favorite podcatcher. Search gonza.moe. We're on Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher. We're probably tattooed on your mom's butt. <laughs> I don't know if that's compatible with the podcast app, uh, but uh, God willing. We'll see you next time. Cheers. <laughs>